0: I'm Dennis Foley, KTSA News. Now, the Jack Riccardi Show. Hello, Jack.
1: Hey, Dennis. Happy Friday. Are you a um are you a player? Do you play the ticket?
0: Uh usually not. I did once. So I, I don't know if that counts or doesn't count. M- means you're not a
1: virgin anymore. Yeah, so. I guess I guess that's
0: true, yeah. <laughs> um
1: so I don't have one. I, I I've thought about getting one, but uh so this is gonna be the biggest biggest lottery jackpot ever. In U.S. history, tomorrow night, right? Yes. Okay. What? Right now, estimated 1.6 billion. I guess that that can change, right? That's it. It goes up based on how many more tickets they sell. Yeah. On. Are you going to get one? Uh, I wasn't thinking of it, but maybe. You know, if I have some spare, I don't want to wait in line. Well, yeah. That's how, how weird is that? Like, you could be a billionaire, but no, nah, I don't want to. wait. <laughs> Well, it's also like, on <laughs> oh, the opposite side,
0: it's like, wait in line for a chance to get free money. Like, that, yeah. that's also the other thing, too. Like oh, I know, you know, but I mean,
1: like, think of all the stuff we, I mean, you wait in line for a flu shot, right? I'm not waiting in line for a billion dollars. No, I went into a, I went into a, um, I think it was like a 7-Eleven uh, one night this week because I was going to pick up my daughter, and I wanted to bring her a cold drink, and I wasn't thinking of this going on, and I... There were like eight or nine people ahead of me, and it was like you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. I'm like, what is going on here? But they were all getting the tickets for the the previous drawing, which didn't have a winner. So I'm sure the I can only imagine what the lines will be right if you wait until tomorrow.
0: And also, I mean, the other way to look at the Powerball uh, jackpot is you know maybe inflation has also impacted the the jackpots these Mm -hmm. days too. Mm -hmm. Where uh, Mm -hmm. I don't remember it being nearly two billion dollars for you know a lotto jackpot, but
1: yeah, one and a half billion doesn't buy you what it used to. That's no. for sure. No, no. We like no to I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna wait until it reaches 1.8 before I go <laughs> that's buy. That's right. Ticket. That's right. All right. Well, anyway, welcome to our dreadful little show. It's Friday, which means uh, we will talk about restaurants on the dish coming up in our six uh, o'clock hour. Are you sick and tired of hearing about the midterms? Or are you like very excited about Tuesday night? I, I know I know both uh, kinds of emotions are out there. Uh, You may be like, I can't take one more exit poll, or not exit poll, but one more uh, story about polling. And then there are people that are just getting very, very excited. It felt like today the reality has sunk in for the Democrats and their media. Today seems like the day that they realize, nope, this is not going to go well. You know, for for months, I think they thought, well, that abortion decision and um, January 6th hearings. And, you know, then there was a whole series of attempted deflections and distractions. And, you know, remember at one point, the speech that the president gave in Philly was going to be a game changer. But that was such a flop. He had to basically give that speech again this week and that didn't do any good. So it is going to be a red wave and um they seem to be accepting it. Not graciously and certainly not introspectively, but more like you know they're 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 girding their loins. Um Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, uh, is warning his fellow Democrats, red wave is coming and he says it's because we haven't done a good job on messaging that the Democrats haven't Uh, sent the right message. And um, I know Joy Reid on MSNBC says that the only reason people care about inflation is because Republicans taught them that word. She says, you would not even know you were having inflation, but you were told you've been brainwashed by the evil Republicans and Fox News, so you would not know she says. You'd be unaware of it. You just wouldn't You wouldn't care. It only matters to you because they've taught you the meaning of the word. I'm glad somebody taught you the meaning of the word. I mean, if the Democrats in their public schools won't teach it, I guess somebody has to. And then uh, I've also heard um, some of them say that the other concerns people have are... Um, If people are worried about crime, Hillary Clinton says, well, that's just a Republican ruse. They always do that before an election. They scare people about crime. Remember Willie Horton, uh, the ads, the Willie Horton ads uh, that Bush ran in 1988. Uh, If it's, you know, whatever the issue, they've got an answer, and the answer is it's not their fault, and, and nothing is wrong, and you shouldn't be worried about it. And so they've gone to the, I guess they've gone to the, next stage of mourning where they're now going to rationalize what's happening to them and it's not their fault and it's because you don't know what you're doing didn't hillary i think it was hillary the other day right who said uh voters don't really understand the issues So, so how do you feel about that you're stupid and you've been brainwashed and you're not really experiencing inflation are you getting all this am i going too fast Am I, uh, am I using words that are too big? Because apparently, according to the Democrats, you, you're pretty simple. 210 599 5555. All right. This is very weird. And I don't know any other way to set this up other than to play this report for you. I didn't see this this morning, but the today show broadcast a news package this morning about the Paul Pelosi investigation. The news today about Paul Pelosi is he's out of the hospital, uh, he's back home, recovering. And so one of their justice correspondents, uh, Miguel Almaguer, uh, did a a piece sort of walking through what we, uh, these, these were new revelations about what happened on that night. So I want you to hear the report but before you hear it let me tell you what happened they aired it and then they pulled it down off their website and it's not on their website like everything else that aired on the today show would be would be something you could pull up and watch on demand and they they put a thing on there that said it did not meet our uh, it did not meet the journalistic standards of NBC news this this piece was not up to our standards So having said all that, here is what they reported on the Today Show this morning. Take a listen to this.
0: Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high-priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home, where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 80 two-year-old lucky to be alive after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home law enforcement tell law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation we still don't know exactly what unfolded between mr pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details
1: all right so um They pulled that down off their website uh, and said it wasn't suitable or or it didn't meet their journalistic uh, standards. Uh, If there was a mistake in it, if there was incorrect information, why not just correct the story or put the correct information uh, up? Um, So what stands out for me is um, he answers the door and then he goes back to his attacker like, he's admitting the police, but he's going to stand with the the guy that came into the house, DuPep. Well, why would you do that? I mean, I've never been in this situation, but I'm thinking you would run toward the police. You would throw yourself at the police, or you'd want to put the police between you and the person who was attacking you. You're so afraid of this person, you've called the police. You want to get away. You want to maybe even go outside. Let them let them talk to him and you're going to go outside or something. Had he already been attacked? Or not? The whole thing is just so bizarre. I, I've been thinking for a long time and I, I, I think it now more than ever. I think I think Paul Pelosi let this guy in. I don't pretend to know what the transaction or arrangement or relationship was, I think you let him in. I, and I think the whole business of the broken window and everything else, it, it, this is some sort of encounter that got out of hand or that scared him or he decided he wasn't having anymore, more. And uh, then the fact that they would pull this off their website, it's an extraordinary piece of reporting, I mean nobody else has this story, so if, either it's wrong, or the guy the reporter's done a great job i don't I don't know which I don't know what you make of it uh tell me two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five but it, it feels like the media have moved on anyway from the Pelosi story, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. one is that it's not really clear that this is a cut and dried case of political violence. it's violence, and there's a political person involved. But there's no, no matter how you squint, you can't look at this Dupep guy and see a, a you know, a MAGA guy. It's just not, it's just not there. By like quite the contrary, he seems like one of Nancy Pelosi's constituents, not one of Donald Trump's. And then you have the the fact that the, the public has just sort of shrugged it off. They, they can't understand it, or it doesn't add up, or they're not sure they're getting the, the truth. They were told that this meant the midterm campaigning had to come to a stop, had to had to grind to a halt. They're not buying that. And nobody stopped campaigning or running ads. And then finally, there have been several other incidents of political violence. Uh, Don Buldick, the Republican candidate for Senate in New Hampshire, uh, had a punch thrown at him while he was going into his debate with Maggie Hassan the other night. Um, and then there were shots fired into the house of a, uh, congressional candidate in North Carolina. It was actually his parents' house and his children were in the house. And apparently the bullets came very close to his children. Uh, so I think they've lost the ability to make this whatever they hoped it was going to be. And now they've kind of moved on. It, It feels like the Democrats are, um, are, are toast. I mean, I'm not saying be overconfident. I'm not saying don't vote, but. Today seemed like the day that they realized this is not going to uh, suddenly turn around for them. It isn't going to be a Biden speech. It isn't going to be one more ad. Uh, you know who I think has given up is Beto. Uh, Trey was talking about this this morning. Beto made an ad, not an ad, he made a, a TikTok where he did this little um, this little dance move. Uh, this, th- there was a girl dancing uh, for abortion rights, and then it cuts to... Uh, Beto uh, doing some uh, dance moves. He dances like um, I don't know, to me, he dances like Elaine and Seinfeld, but that's just me. Um, so when I saw Beto dancing, that's when I knew. He he knows he's not going to win. He's not going to catch Abbott. Um, what do you think? 210 599 I think this might be the worst ad ever, though. The, the, I'm going to play you this. Um, Fetterman, the Democratic Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, made an ad. I'm trying to decide if I should tell you. Well, I I think I have to set it up because you're not going to be able to see it. But um, it is a takeoff. It is a um, remake of a classic television ad uh, from many, many, many years ago. And... um, I want to say like, maybe 1979, 1980, something like that. So here is the Fetterman ad. It's called Mean John Fetterman, cut number nine.
2: Mr. Fetterman. Mr. Fetterman. Yeah? You need any help?
3: I'm running for the US Senate, kid. I need all the help I can get.
2: You're running for Senate? Sure. Where's your suit, and your flag pin, and your hair?
3: Oh, hey, kid.
2: I just want you to know I'd vote for you.
3: Hey, thanks, kid.
2: You want a drink?
3: Nah, no. Really, you
2: can have it. Okay. Thanks. See you around. Hey, kid! Catch! Wow! Thanks, Mayor John! <laughs>
1: oh, I don't care. I mean, they, they, um, he's like staggering down a hallway holding the wall. I'm not kidding. He's hanging onto the wall so that he doesn't fall down. And he, and, and, and the kid comes up behind him. They, somehow had presence of mind to not use a Coke bottle. They, they made it like a Fetterman soda logo. But then they used the Coca-Cola theme music, which you might as well have just used everything if you're going to use that. I would have thought there'd be some copyrights. Anyway, this is what the original ad sounded like with Mean Joe Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a kid coming up behind him after a tough game and offering Mean Joe a Coke. This is an iconic TV ad, cut number 10.
2: Mr. Green? Mr. Green? Yeah. You you need any help?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I just want you to know, I think I think you're the best ever. Yeah, sure. Want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. Okay. Coke cool the makes me feel good, makes me feel nice. See around. That's the way it should be. I like to see the Whole world smiling with me. Coca Cola has my Have a glass. Cool ah, Thanks, Mean Joe.
1: I don't know what to even do with that. I mean that's one of the all time great ads. I would I would put that if I was making like a list of the the best television ads that would be like in the top five or top ten. So you probably don't want to mess with it. But in what in what meeting are they going? Fetterman, Mean Joe Green. I I get that he's in Pennsylvania, but I I don't know. And it's just it's just off. Besides which, you've just spent the last how many months convincing people you're okay and now in your own ad you're staggering down the hall hanging onto the wall for support i mean i, I can't i can't as they say i can't 210-599-5555 it's just it the the whole the whole mood today feels like they've you know beto's dancing this um it it feels like it feels like they've they've the realization has hit them uh, this is also the weekend for Daylight Savings Time to end, so fall back an hour Saturday night into Sunday morning. Uh, DR wrote to Jack at com. says, uh, you keep saying on the news that if people have clocks that need to be adjusted manually, move it back an hour. That made me laugh. I didn't think analog was that close to extinction. Yeah, I have I have clocks that you actually have to manually reset. I, I guess that is, well, I'm probably close to extinction, so, uh, yeah, I mean, a, that's like an old school thing, right? If you have something, if you have a clock that doesn't reset itself, apparently that's, that's prehistoric. I mean, most of them do, but I have a few that don't. Uh, 210-599-5555, Greg is on the radio on the Jack Ricardi Show. Greg, good afternoon.
4: Good, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you doing?
4: I'm uh, doing pretty well for uh, being on 604 traffic.
1: Oh, sorry to hear that. So what's up?
4: Well, I got an idea, going back to what you're uh, talking about with uh, Mr. Pelosi and his issue, but it sounds like it's uh, right out of the DNC playbook. They love to get the sympathy vote. After all, why else would this guy wait until early election fraud to uh, to commit this act?
5: That's
1: pretty much my thought. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they arranged the attack. I just feel like they have tried to frame it in a way that is sympathy-inducing or or that would freeze the Republicans, you know, where they would say, oh, we're going to pull down all of our ads out of respect. And I think the reason they thought that would work, Greg, is because at one time that is what Republicans would have done, don't you think? Possibly. I mean... I mean, I, I think the Republican Party is a little different than it was even five or ten years ago. And I think they they would have gone out of their way to show how decent and and uh, civic minded they were. Um, I, I think about the party of of George Bush and and I, I just I think they would have they would. Have, yeah, we'll suspend our advertising and we'll we won't mention Nancy Pelosi and we'll have a unity event with her and all that. And. What happened was this, what happened with this Pelosi story is really nothing happened. You know, it didn't make any sense. People gave it some time. Like you probably, you probably read it a few times or you checked a few updates. And then when it still didn't make any sense, you kind of moved on. Like, okay, I don't have time for this. They're not, they're either not telling me everything or they don't, or, 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 or the facts do not support the theory that this guy was motivated by MAGA. He just doesn't, you know, there's just no no way to draw the line, no way to connect him. And I think people just kind of moved on from it. It, it did not work. But I, there's no question in my mind that the Republicans have changed. Uh, they would have probably done what they were told to do, and they're not as eager to cultivate their... Uh, there would be friends in the media anymore, at least that's my my read of it. Um, the midterms obviously they're still early voting, they're still voting we're going to be voting on election day it It felt like by the end of this week the the die was set um and when you have people you know national leaders going around, people like uh you know Gavin Newsom. Saying, "Hey, it's going to be—it's going to really be bad. We've—we've we've not done our job. You know, they're looking at pretty bad internal numbers. You—you you look at where they're sending the heavy hitters. You know, they've got Biden in places like Chicago and 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 New Mexico and places where Democrats shouldn't even be worried. They're bringing out Bill Clinton. Um, they're doing an event. Biden is doing an event with Barack Obama tomorrow." And I got to tell you I think the the Biden White House hates doing things with Obama. I don't think they like putting their guy next to him because it reminds Democrats of how truly unhappy they are with Biden when they see o- Obama. And um and then you've got Hillary on television and other people saying, "Oh, well, the voters don't know." The voters the voters don't know what they're doing. I mean, that when you're pulling that card out, you don't have any other cards. So On your way out the door, you throw an insult over your shoulder. You people don't know what you're doing. I mean, they might as well come out on Monday and say, hope you're happy with your new red wave. (laughs) That's pretty much where they're at right now, message-wise. 210-599-5555. This is a story from, uh, let's see, where did I get this? Oh, uh, Washington Times, former President Trump, considering another bid for the White House, expected to start talking to donors and loyalists after the midterms. The pre- precise timing and nature of an announcement is unclear, but one source close to Trump says it could come in the two weeks between the election and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So he keeps hinting that he's going to run. He said in one of his rallies recently, I will very, very, very probably do it again. He said in another rally, it looks like I'm going to have to do it. He told uh, a Spanish language interview that he had already made the decision, just hadn't said it yet. Um, we talked the other day about, do you want him to run? A lot of people do. A lot of people said DeSantis. I'll tell you, the more I think about this, and I was thinking today about uh, this in the framework of today is the anniversary of Ronald Reagan's election. Uh, This was election day in 1980, and Reagan was elected uh, the 40th president over Jimmy Carter. Of course, Reagan had run four years earlier and lost the Republican nomination to Gerald Ford. So it wasn't exactly the same, but it was sort of the... 1980 for Ronald Reagan was considered sort of like this is your last chance buddy. You know, you're 68, 69 years old. You're uh you've you, this is your third time running. Um people in your party are not sure you can win the general election. And I was thinking about Trump and I want to I want to say something that may sound a little crazy, but but think about this and and tell me what you think. You know how people always said that Jimmy Carter was a terrible president, but a great former president? And what they meant by that was that Jimmy Carter acted with dignity and uh, supported a lot of good causes. He he helped that, he did that Habitat for Humanity thing, uh, and he, he did a lot of diplomacy and charitable work and international fundraising. and he became what we used to call an elder statesman, right, Jimmy Carter. So people say he's a terrible president, but he shone in the role of ex-president. Could it be that the opposite is true with Trump? Could it be the opposite is true with Trump? Greatest president, terrible as ex-president. And here's what I mean by that. He, um... He has been very um, all over the place, inconsistent in supporting Republicans in these midterms. He's helped some of them. He's campaigned against some of them. He seems ill at ease in his current role. And I'm sure he is because he hates what Biden is doing. He hates seeing everything unraveled. Uh, he's been insulted, he's been investigated, he's been smeared. I think he has to run for president because I don't think he can handle this in-between thing that he's in. And so I, my thinking has come to this. He needs to run. DeSantis needs to run. Everybody who thinks they, they have it in them needs to run. There needs to be a crowded field of candidates, because that's what happened in 1980. Reagan ran again, and he had the most name recognition because he had come so close in 76. Not only had he come close in 76, but a lot of people thought he was robbed. He lost the nomination at the convention. That was the last time in American history that a president was defeated, or excuse me, that a convention decided a nomination. They're all decided ahead of time now in the primaries and so forth. But he went to the convention. He had a chance of defeating Jerry Ford. He came within like 100, 150 delegate votes, very close. As a gesture of unity, Ford asked Reagan to go up on stage and um, speak after the convention nominated President Ford and everybody thought that Reagan would just get up he didn't ha- he wasn't he hadn't written a speech he didn't it was not a, a a scheduled event so he he goes up there and they think he's probably just going to say good luck jerry he gives this amazing off the cuff talk about taking a, a, a long car ride down the pacific coast highway and thinking about the country and thinking about the kind of country it's going to be, be. and and he talks about What if we had a time capsule, and we opened it up 100 years from now? Would we be reading about the end of nuclear war and nuclear weapons, or would there be no one alive to read it? And things of this nature. It was profound. It was moving. And the convention that had just nominated his opponent gave him a, a, a warm standing ovation, and there were people there, Edmund Morris, his biographer, writes about this, there were people in that convention who had just voted for Ford who actually said, we we voted for the wrong guy. This is the guy we should have run. So that's what Reagan had going for him four years later now in 1980. But he still had a crowded field of people. There were still a bunch of people that ran against him. And that's what I think is going to happen with Trump. I think I think the Republicans are going to run several people, and I think he'll be one of them. And if he is the right one, he will pass through that process and, and emerge from it victorious. If he is not, if he is not temperamentally up to this, if he can't let go of the past, if he gets petty, if he gets distracted, uh, if the energy is not right or the vibe is not right, then he won't. But I think he has to. I think he cannot, he, he just doesn't like being an ex-president. Carter loves it. And he just didn't take to it. But I think other people will run, and they should. By the way, it won't just be DeSantis. Mark my words, there'll be at least one or two people who win on Tuesday night who will then run for president in 2024. And you'll say, but they were just elected? What are you talking about? But if they they win their race by a lot, if they make a big splash, um, they will... Strike while the iron is hot. It'll be a crowded field, I think, in 2024. 210 two ten, five nine nine, fifty-five, fifty-five. And And by the way, I, I give Donald Trump a lot of the credit for why Republicans didn't fall for the Pelosi thing and aren't falling for a lot of the other you know gimmicks like that. The, the, these Republican candidates you're seeing in the midterms, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, these alpha-type candidates, Carrie Lake, J.D. Vance, Adam Laxalt, um they are they learned from him that you don't you don't you know turn the other cheek you don't uh cave cower you 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 fight back you punch back you don't take any crap from the media or in a debate and i i give him a lot of the credit for that there's a style change you can see it in a lot of republican candidates All right, so we're reporting at KTSA.com that next week the city council will uh, vote on whether or not to censure District 1 Councilman Mario Bravo. You remember this uh, story? They were having a debate just a couple of months ago. They were having a debate about what to do with um, the CPS surplus and one school of thought was rebated to customers, and the other school of thought was spended on weatherizing the, the grid. And Mario Bravo had one idea, and Councilwoman Ana Sandoval had another idea. And they were at odds. And he was angry that she was not supporting his idea, and appa- apparently part of his anger came from the fact that they had previously been in a romantic relationship, and. um so he got petty and personal, and she began crying at city council. I uh, and We talked about this at the time, but I want to ask a question about this. Do so you remember the other day we were talking about how when a, a male candidate is in a political debate with a female opponent, he can't keep deferring to her. He can't keep apologizing for interrupting her and and what have you, you have to run against your opponent with no regard for their gender. I mean you can call them Mr. or Miss or Ms or whatever, but other than that, your opponent is your opponent You're, you You show whatever level of respect you would show to whoever they are, whatever gender they are it's a mistake, in other words, to let when Kamala Harris kept cutting off. Mike Pence, and saying, I'm still talking, and he meekly shut up. That, to me, is a mistake. So, here's my question about Bravo and Sandoval. Is this an issue because one of them is male and one of them is female? Are we actually going to censure him because of that? Is this woke, progressive city council actually going (laughs) to actually going to treat her um her tears differently because it's a man and a woman and they had a romantic past I, again i'm not defending i'm not really i'm not taking any sides on this I, I don't agree with either one of them on anything I, neither of them represent me i'm not taking sides i don't think i have a horse in this race but i i just question the it feels very um and I don't mean this in a positive way. It feels very old school or old fashioned. You made a female councilwoman cry. We need to take your committee assignments away from you. Uh, I mean, what if he had made a male councilman cry? There's a couple of them on there that I think probably would. What Would we be having this discussion? And What do you think about that? So, I mean, you may say, look, I I think the guy's a jerk and I want to see him. That's fine. But I'm just curious, do you think this is because it's a man and a woman? And should it be different because it is? If the city council next week censures, punishes one of its own, District 1 Councilman Mario Bravo, because he had a bitter personal... Exchange with a colleague who is a woman. Is that, does that make sense to you in the current era of equality and equal treatment? And, or does it seem sort of throwbackish? I mean, it seems sort of like a chivalry thing, but if men and women are in politics, isn't it? You know what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and and you treat people the same. If you're in a debate with a candidate of the opposite gender, you don't defer to them. You don't, uh, you know, you're not you're not sort of holding the door for them in the debate, right? So these were two politicians. It wasn't strictly speaking a political debate, but they were disagreeing in a political meeting about what to do with the CPS money. And yeah, he's a he's a jerk for you know referencing or or connecting to their relationship obviously and both of them are also kind of unprofessional for having a relationship while they're on city council you know what is this parks and recreation but but i mean other than that i, I just i don't i'm kind of not seeing how this is a punishable offense in 2022 um you know, we're not, this isn't the era where women are identified by their husband. You know, like, we, you, you look at old newspaper clippings and there's a picture of a woman and it says, you know, Mrs. Joseph Smith, right? It doesn't, doesn't even say her name. Um, obviously, we're not in that era anymore. Uh, so are we just doing this because it's a man and a woman? Uh, would we be doing this if they were both guys or both women? 210 uh, 599 so he he got personal and she got upset and again i'm not defending that i'm just asking whether or not that should be um punished as if it is outside the the lines it seems like in our politics today and i'm I, you may not like this but i think you would have to agree with me in our politics today uh people are pretty vicious and um there's there really are not many no-go areas in politics anymore. You know, There's, there's really not much that you can't say. 210-599-5555. By the way, um, MSNBC has fired one of its weekend hosts uh, because even they couldn't handle how toxic she had become on the air. Tiffany Cross uh, was her name. I guess it still is her name. But they've let her go immediately from their weekend lineup at MSNBC. Here she is on a podcast with Charlemagne the God with an example of how caustic uh, she could be. Cut number seven.
0: Uh, Tiffany, what do you think? One's got to go. I say
6: Florida l- literally looks like the dick of the country, so let's get rid of Florida. Um, Ron- matter, yeah, are you saying
7: castrate dick yeah. of the country?
6: Seriously, let's castrate Florida. Here's the problem. Ron <laughs> the stupid, Ron DeSantis, whatever you want to call Florida man, he is so problematic. He has done everything he can to keep black and brown people from the ballot. Mm-hmm. He traffics in stupidity mm-hmm. and ignorance, and I just think they are a problem for the rest of the country. Let's get mm. them out of it.
1: Florida is the dick of the country. We should castrate florida from the country okay i can't imagine why they let her go somebody will snap her right up 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com i say that but probably somebody will snap her right up given the way these things usually work all right terry is on 550 and 1071 ktsa with the uh, question about mario bravo terry good afternoon
8: Hey jack my my theory is if you can't run with big dogs, stay on the porch you know uh if, if politics used to be an old man's game, and you know at this day and time, like you just said, there's nothing off the charts. you know i mean uh if she if that's how thin skinned she is, she's going to have a long ways to go now daddy Nierenberg, Papa Nirenberg he thinks he 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 acts like he's the daddy of everybody and including a city council. And he's got a lot more problems than those two on the city council.
1: Yeah. Um, so you don't think we'd be having this discussion if it was two male council members?
8: I, I think we're wasting time right now having it because I, I just think you know what it, you know. less if that's if that's the worst thing that ever happened to this lady, she ought to count herself lucky.
1: Okay. Because All right.
8: you know, don't, don't get into state and national politics, lady, because you'll never make it.
1: Okay, so don't call Terry if you want sympathy. Uh, Terry, thank you, 210-599-5555. So they had a disagreement about how to use the CPS surplus. Uh, He had one set of ideas, she had another, but he had thought she would be with him on this issue, and uh, then when uh, she didn't vote with him, uh, he got upset, he lost his temper, and he began uh, invoking their past romantic relationship. Wow. 210-599-5555. You know, the the other thing that just occurs to me about this story is, um, I think I said this at the time, I I remember when we were doing the term limit reform and we're going to, oh, now we're going to have salaries and all that. I, I remember how often people said, it, they said it like you knew it like it would like only an idiot would would question this that if we extended term limits and we paid them a salary, we would get a much higher caliber of people. we would get professional uh full-time, serious nose to the grindstone um just a it would just be a game changer Now I don't really see that got to be honest with you. I'm not saying they're all, they're not all bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I don't, I don't see the, the big upgrade. I, and I, and I get you're the seventh largest city in the country. Yes. Uh, people need to be in office for a little while. Yes. You need to pay them. I, 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 I that's okay. All right. That's okay. But it was that, it was that very smug. Well, don't you realize don't you realize, they'd say it that way, you know, don't you realize that we'd have more professionalism and, and maturity, and, uh, and then we have this. It's like something from the Hallmark Channel, right? 210-599-5555. Susan is on KTSA. Susan, good afternoon.
9: Hi. Um, I wanted to fill you in on a little more of what actually happened. Um, Sandoval and Bravo actually agreed on the policy. And the reason he got mad is because on canvas she promised su- to support.
1: Yeah, his she plans. said she was going to, and then she changed.
9: And then normally, what would happen if you changed your mind? You would have the courtesy to call your colleague and say, "I'm going to change my vote." She didn't do that. Uh, Nuremberg. So that her, that means
1: it's okay it's, for him to to get all crazy on her.
9: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not exactly the way it has been portrayed that he got mad because they disagreed over policy. That's no, no, I happened.
1: understand that they were, th- I understand he thought he had her vote, he thought right. she was on his side, and then she surprised him, and I'm sure uh, it was not only uh, disappointing, but probably embarrassing, humiliating, frustrating. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I get that, and, and I'm not, I, like I said, Susan, I'm not saying either one of them are, are, are 100% right. My question really is, my question, because you will agree that in politics these things happen. My question yeah. is, are we having this censure discussion because it's a man and a woman and there was a romantic relationship involved, and should we be?
9: I think that they're taking advantage of that fact that, that she was a female and she cried. But th- this is a huge thing that they're undertaking because it will violate Texas election law. I live in District 1. Um, I don't agree with Mario on most things, but he's uh, uh, he's got a lot of integrity, and we haven't had that in Council District 1, in, I'm going to say, 25 years, probably since mm-hmm. the original Roger Pettis. So you
1: would not like to see him uh, taken to the woodshed for this?
9: No, I am going to attend um, on whatever day that is, the, the 7th or the 8th, and if they do take away his uh, committee assignments, uh, they're also they're also moving to bar him from attendance in the committees that will take away representation for me as a resident of council district one. And I am mm-hmm. going to find Ernie and I'm going to sue Ron yeah. and the council.
1: That does seem, that does seem ridiculous. But, but again, um, I don't want to, I don't want to press you. Do you think, do you actually think this would be at issue same set of facts, same 11th hour flip flop if it was two men?
9: It would have been a lot more difficult for them to pull it off if it had been two men. You're exactly right.
1: And, and so I, I think that th- th- this should be over. I mean, th- they've embarrassed. They're making they're making idiots of themselves. They're embarrassing themselves. And again, this is not it, to defend either one of them, but but to to act like it's 1954 and he, um, you know, didn't hold the door for her or something is just ridiculous.
9: Exactly right.
1: Um, Susan, thanks for the call. Mentioned earlier, uh, this is the 44th, uh, excuse me, the 42nd anniversary of the election of Ronald Reagan as president of the United States, which put me in mind of our next guest and our good friend, uh, Gilbert Garcia, San Antonio Express News columnist, who wrote a book uh, about 10 years ago called Reagan's Comeback Four Weeks in Texas that Changed America Forever. Gilbert Garcia, welcome back. Good afternoon. Thank you, Jack. I was telling the story earlier of how um Reagan lost the 76 nomination and yet that had that moment at the uh Kansas City convention mm-hmm. where he gave that that speech after they had nominated Ford and it was heartbreaking because it was very very close he just missed and he right. gives this you know what will they say about us 100 years from now very off the cuff very eloquent and people in that convention audience thought we might have nominated the wrong guy
6: here. Yeah. And it was interesting too, because, you know, Ford, uh, who was never a great orator had probably his best night ever. I mean, he had, a, he delivered a, a, a good speech and he delivered it very well. And uh, it was, you know, he, he'd had a good convention. Um, and I think his, the, the, his thought was made a lot of sense. You know, we, we had a, A very contentious race. Let's unite the party. Let's bring him up here. Um, But I, 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 it it just, it was inevitable that when you had someone as charismatic and uh, someone who, you know, who had the communication skills of Reagan, that Ford was going to not come off looking uh, so good.
1: So, in your book, for folks that haven't read it, and I highly recommend it. What made Reagan's um, uh, primary campaign here in 1976? so important. In your mind, it became like a turning point for him.
6: Right. He had lost the first few states. Uh, He had lost New Hampshire and Florida and a couple of others. And um, there was a lot of pressure, Uh, I think, partly because, you know, he was challenging an incumbent. And so there were a lot of people in the party thinking, even people who might have agreed with Reagan on some issues, uh, thinking, you know, we don't want to divide the party. And so when he lost the first few primaries, there was a lot of pressure. And the media was doing this, too, you saying, when are you going to get out? When are you going to get out? He won in North Carolina, but then basically conceded the next three primaries leading up to Texas, thinking it's all or nothing on Texas. And he was he didn't have a lot of money at that point. And uh, and Ford thought this this is my to knock him out. And he, Ford had John Tower, the only statewide elected Republican in Texas at that time, campaigning very hard for him, doing TV ads for him. And Ford went all out and spent a lot of time in Texas thinking, I've got a chance to, to end this thing right now. And um, the thought was it's going to be really close, and Reagan ended up winning every district in the state, just took 100 out of 100 delegates. And from that point on, the, the Ford people knew we're, we're this is going down to the wire and we're this is going to be rough. And that um, – I think it really – the, the the message that Reagan would carry forward really for the rest of his political career, I think it really crystallized in Texas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and sort of everything sort of set the stage for what he would do later.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great observation. In fact, I really think um, that he benefited from running and losing first Absolutely. and, ha- and also from the time he had in the wilderness from everything I've read in the four years between seventy six and eighty, he had the meetings, the encounters, the travel. He did radio commentaries, all the stuff that made him the the communicator and the the foreign policy visionary that he became. Really, I think kind of pulled together in those four years.
6: Yeah, and and, and you mentioned the radio commentaries, and I have to concede that before I wrote the book, I I knew I just had a vague sense that he had done that. He started doing that uh, right after he left the governor's office in California, did it for a short time before he ran for president and then picked it up again after the 76 race. And I listened to those a lot. And I just was really uh, amazed at how um, effective they were. And I think they were usually like about three minutes or something, very short. But just he would take a particular issue and in a very concise way, sort of Express his his view on that, and and I've talked to a lot of people since then, who, who said you know these were things that they listened to or their family members mm-hmm. listened to, and I think it helped him sort of, um, sort of uh, establish what he you know what he wanted his message to be, and I think it also kind of helped build his following over that time.
1: Uh, again, the book is Reagan's Comeback: Four Weeks in Texas That Changed America Forever. Uh, Gilbert Garcia. It's on Amazon. If you're a political uh junkie or you're a fan of Ronald Reagan it's a great read and uh, you did a great job with it Gilbert um Thank real you. quick before I let you go Astros couldn't be in better shape right
8: yeah it
6: looks good I mean the only you know be, being that I'm uh I, I get nervous about these things as an Astros fan I do remember that in 2019 they went home ahead three games to two uh, uh over Washington and lost those last two at home so uh, we know that anything can happen, but I yeah uh, yeah I, I this, this I really think this is the best team the Astros have ever had. I think it's the most complete team. I, I really don't. There have been some years when I worried about the bullpen or I worried about some aspect of the team, and I just think that they they really don't have any weaknesses.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We may know. We may know by tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> read them in the Express News and at ExpressNews.com. dot com. Gilbert Garcia. Thanks for coming on. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too, Jack. Can this be right? I, I was reading today that. The Coast Guard is going to start um, paying $50,000 signing bonuses to improve recruitment. Fox News is reporting that um, they have uh, started uh, allocating money for certain specialties in the Coast Guard because recruiting has gone flat. And they're not meeting their recruiting goals. At one time, apparently, the Coast Guard was considered kind of exclusive. Like you know, a lot of people wanted in, but they would only take a few. Now they're they're going to be paying uh, bonuses of up to fifty thousand dollars. Make me an offer, right? So I I have to say, if if this is true and i and i I can' imagine i' I've, I've heard already, I've read in other places that that all of the uh services are having trouble hitting their numbers. Are we going to pretend we don't know why this is? Are we going to pretend we have no idea why, after decades of an all-volunteer military, why we're having trouble? Are we going to pretend we don't know? Uh, and and we're going to throw money at it which is by the way our money i mean you you terminated fired ruined people over the damn vaccine which you're now having to admit wasn't necessary and 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 you even have people coming out and saying we shouldn't have done that you've it, Completely insinuated and, and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You've completely infected the services with all of this, uh, woke human resources stuff, pronoun training workshops, and, and what have you. So you're demoralizing people who are in, you're demoralizing people who would be apt to or have been looking forward to enlisting. And so now, instead of climbing down off your ridiculous positions, well, we'll just throw some money at them. And what, if 50,000 doesn't work, what will the next signing bonus be? What will the signing bonuses be a year from now? Will it be be $100,000 or will it be negotiable? Will they be like will they will, will they get an agent and negotiate their signing bonus like they're a free agent in sports? It's the Coast Guard. So why are we pretending we don't know the reason behind this or the cause of this? two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I I mean I, I'm all for an all volunteer military. I do not want, and, and believe me, even if you think you like the idea of universal service or mandatory military service, you don't want that. I'm telling you, you don't. You you may think you do because you're picturing it the way it would have been in, in a bygone era. You're picturing some sort of, you know, we'll make a man out of you uh, thing. But remember where they're at right now. Remember who's running it. Remember who's got the control over everything from training and um, uh, indoctrination. No, you don't want that. That would be, you might as well say, uh, we, everybody should go to an Ivy League college or everybody should go to a, a DNC workshop or something like that. No, you don't want that. But This is what I was saying yesterday. We, we have the worst bunch of losers that have ever been in charge of things in this country, and they're in charge of everything. And they've infiltrated and and gotten their their hands on every institution, including things that they previously despised. The left used to hate the military, right? They mocked and belittled service in the military. Remember when John Kerry was running for president? Oh, you know, don't make sure you you know go to college or you'll wind up having to go to war. Go go in the military. It, it was it was like. One day they woke up and realized, pardon the pun, hey, wait a minute, this is a captive audience of young men and women who are by nature respectful and ready to learn, minds wide open. This will be great. And that's what they're doing and little wonder that it's it's denigrating and 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 demoting enlistment and we'll probably come full circle i mean the people that were the 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 draft dodgers and the war protesters of 50 and 60 years ago will probably wind up being or their their spawn will probably wind up being um the people that say, you know what, we need to bring the draft back. We're just going to make you join our woke modern military. I mean, they're not far off from that now. I mean, I, when I hear, when I, hear, I don't know how it strikes you, but when I hear politicians talk about um, quote-unquote free college, all that means to me is they want access to a lot more people. And They want universal access for their, you know, the ideology that they will imprint into every curriculum. 210-599-5555. Anyway, that's that's what one news organization is uh, reporting, that the bonuses are up to $50,000 and that the money is being allocated already for that. Mike is on KTSA. Mike, good afternoon.
10: Good afternoon, I just wanted to give you some quick information. I got out of the coast Guard in seventy one uh, and I was offered at that time fifteen thousand dollars now to re-enlist I'm not sure what that would equate to today, but it was pretty significant back then
1: mm-hmm. well so you were I, in though it, it not, it, it, you were yeah. you were i'm wanting sound i want to make sure I understand you you were in. You were getting out, and they were trying to entice you to stay. Is that right? Right,
10: right, because I was in a specialty that they needed.
1: Right. Would that be different than someone who has not been in, and you're trying uh, yeah, to get it, them to enlist? Isn't that isn't that yeah. pretty, pretty different?
10: Yeah, it would be different, but what I'm saying is, all I'm saying is that uh, uh, a bonus to come in or stay in isn't unheard of.
1: No, but I think, you're, I think you're comparing apples and oranges, Mike, with all due respect, and I appreciate your service, but if you've been in the, and how long were you in the Coast Guard? Uh, four years. Okay. So they had trained you, you had, you set a specialty, um, somebody probably put pencil to paper and figured out that it was a better deal to keep Mike than to find and train a new mic and maybe have to go through a few of them before we get one that works out. So I can see that much more than I can see um, going to a 50,000 or more bonus program for people you're recruiting that have never served. You see what I mean?
10: Yeah, I, I, I go along with that. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just giving you some uh, background information that okay. those bonuses, whether, whether it be to stay or, or to come in, aren't unheard of and have not been unheard of uh, throughout my life.
1: But but that's not the same thing. I thought you were agreeing with me that that's not the same thing.
10: It's not exactly the same thing, no. It's not at all the same thing.
1: It's not at all the same thing.
10: A a bonus for what let me me tell you how different it is. Let
1: me tell you how different it is. It would be like giving a big contract to a veteran quarterback versus giving a big contract to a kid you just drafted out of college which of it's course not the same, is it's not the same thing at all
10: which of course is done all the
1: time yeah no, but no it isn't because they pay rookies a lot less than they pay uh, superstar veterans you know that yeah, i don't know why I you're arguing with me mike that. maybe you just wanted to have an argument i don't know but they're not it's not the same thing to pay someone you've trained and you've invested in to retain them that is not the same thing as having to pay people to join a service that they otherwise wouldn't join. You you can't see the difference there? Yes, I see a difference. And I, and well, then again, why are you why are you telling me it's uh, the same thing? Again, all I'm te-
10: all I'm saying is that gives you some background as to
1: bonuses. Well, I know they pay retention bonuses, but this isn't a retention bonus. Okay. I, the Air Force does it. I I know that, but that that's not what this is. I think Mike and I I say this with love. You're just the guy that wanted to have an argument and so we we had one and I hope you enjoyed it, but th- this is not this is not the same thing as a retention bonus. This is paying people to enlist. And I don't know if this is even I mean this is one news organization reporting this. So maybe it won't happen or it isn't going to happen, but according to uh Fox Uh, the budget work is already in, or the papers are already in, and um, for certain specialties, they would pay bonuses of $50,000 each for new enlistees. And um, people in the Coast Guard, uh, they talked to a active duty lieutenant in this story I'm reading, and he says, this is unheard of. It's not the same thing as a retention bonus where, when the services are losing officers or pilots or specialties, and they're paying or in, or enticing people, incenting people to stay, I, I think that's fine. I don't think anybody would would find fault with that. We might quibble about the amounts, but but that makes sense. You've you've invested there a known quantity. When you're having to pay people to join an all volunteer service, it means that something has changed, and I think. I don't think it's people that have changed. I think it's the, uh, what we're imposing on uh, people who enlist. I think you're having to overcome people's reluctance because they've seen the vaccine mandates, they've heard about the pronoun workshops and all of the HR you know, nonsense that's going on, and there are people, young people, making other choices. Rather than undo all the damage and say, well, let's stop persecuting people that just want to serve their country for two years or four years or whatever it is, instead of just undoing all that crap, they're saying, well, maybe we can throw some money at the problem. I, I think that's the wrong approach. But 210-599-5555, uh, Fox News says Coast Guard is uh going to be offering $50,000 signing bonuses for new recruits as recruitment has plummeted and the readiness of the force is in jeopardy. And David is on KTSA. David, good afternoon.
3: Hey, how's it going, Jack? Hey, David. Hey, so I joined the Army back in 1992. Uh, I, for no reason, I needed a job. I had a wife and a kid, and uh, they offered me a $20,000 bonus. What they didn't tell me is you have to serve 20 years to get that $20,000. They gave me $1,500 up front. They said, the next time in a few years, we'll give you a little bit more. Mm Usually, a a little bit more. So, Mm -hmm. it takes 20 years to get that money. You know, it's not like they give you a fat check for $20,000, which would have been great for me. Mm -hmm. You know, but it takes time. You have to serve your time to get that money. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. know, but I love the Army. It gave me a job. It taught me a skill. But that whole thing about... $50,000 fifty thousand dollars for enlistment bonus? I mean, you don't get that fifty they they're not gonna give you a fifty thousand bonus. Did you uh did you, yeah, uh, did you get years. the whole twenty? Oh no man, I spent ten years in the army. I ain't spent it oh. I just, no. Yeah. <laughs> this will take life, man. <laughs>
1: did you um but did you know I mean, so when you first heard it, maybe you thought you were getting it up front, but then when you found out you weren't, did that, that didn't change your mind about it?
3: No, no, actually it didn't because, you know I Honestly, I dropped out of college. I had a wife and a kid, and I couldn't. I had no job prospects, and the Army taught me the skill, and now I have a pretty darn good life. Yeah. Because of what the Army did, you know? Yeah. But well, that's good. Don't let them fool you when they say that they're going to give you a, a $15,000 <laughs> or $20,000 bonus. There you go. You're going to have to spend 20 years in. <laughs>
1: There's always a little more to it. That's I think that's true in life. Uh, David, thanks. Yes, Appreciate you. your call. Good, good job, and thank you for your service as well. Tim is on KTSA. Hi, Tim.
5: Hey Jack, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so I'm active duty, been in about 11 years now, and I just want to let you know you're right. It is a captive audience, and from the generals on down, it's it sways and caters to the politics. It's and it's becoming less of an apolitical force, and and separation of of more conservative folks isn't forced in a hard way, but in a soft way. And examples of that are COVID vaccines, mm-hmm. uh, transgender pronouns, and uh, uh, like gay pride. All of those things force conservative members out over time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get that there have always been inducements and bonuses and enticements, uh, but I think they're going to have to try harder if they're going to keep, you know, uh, basically piling all of this politically correct, you know, bleep on on people oh, sure. that want to enlist, you can't. You're not going to have the the kind of people that have pe- populated an all volunteer military are not going to keep signing up for that.
5: No, I, I agree with you 100. percent And it's it's sad to see, but uh, it it's definitely true. But I appreciate you. You know what I always
1: wondered, though, Tim. I appreciate your call. I, I do wonder. Do you think that the, the 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 senior people are they just going along with whoever's politically in power or if they really bought in
5: no i think they really bought in like so uh the chairman of the joint chiefs i mean he, you see him cater to the biden administration really hard whether yeah. it's afghanistan or other things but i mean he was the same way he fought against trump too in the trump administration so it's yeah it's uh you know i hate to say the term the swamp but but you definitely see it which is disappointing because the military is supposed to be uh, uh apolitical in, but well, everything
1: I mean, they get their hands on, Tim. Everything they get their hands on, right? Yeah. Thanks, I appreciate Jack. your call, though, sir, and I appreciate your service. Thank you. You're still serving, and thank you for that. Um, Be said, no, that's all right, it's the last hour of the last show of the week. We call it The Dish, and it is about you and restaurants you've been to today or last night or this week, your most recent dining out experience. It could be... Eating at the restaurant, getting it delivered, driving through, taking it to go. Praise or zing the food, the price, the service at 210-599-5555. Not, not a restaurant review. Just the way you would tell a friend or a coworker about a place. If it's a new restaurant or one that's new to you that you just tried for the first time uh, recently. Or you want to sing the praises of an old favorite, 210 599 5555. And all we ask is that you have the complete correct name of the restaurant, uh, when you call in on the dish. You know, just the, the full name, the right name of the place. And, um, and, you know, tell us about the food or the price or what, what's the, what's the best thing on the menu? If you have an opinion about that, uh, people love that. And we'll take those calls along with your votes in the JR poll right here at 210-599-5555. Along the way, we'll also get, uh, the poll uh, votes, and we'll get the poll results. Uh have you know, a few other little things. We've been uh, talking, by the way, about Powerball today because they're going to have uh, the next drawing is tomorrow night. And it's now the, the. Uh, I normally don't, I pay I pay no attention to lotteries. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not a lottery guy. I'm not against them. I'm not, this isn't a moral position. I just don't bother with them. You know, I, I feel like I'd never have a chance to win. I don't. I don't see it that way, so I don't. I don't buy the tickets. I might buy one of these just for, just for the fun of it. But uh, when I bet, I want to bet. And, and and again, I this is just me. Like I'll bet on a horse because I feel like I can know a little something about it. I, I can look at the racing form. I I can, you know, gauge past performance. It's still a sucker's game, but there's some. It's not completely random. When I buy a lottery ticket, there's no skill to that, there's no like way to game it. You know, it's just a totally random thing. And that to me is not as much fun even though a billion and a half dollars would definitely be a lot of fun. So we'll talk about that. 210-599-5555. In fact, I wrote a piece at ktsa.com about um just kind of about like what would you do if you won the lottery? We're getting a lot of responses. A lot of people have very specific um, ideas. Uh, as as do I, but I think actually, I think some of the people responding on Facebook have even more specific ideas than, than I do. You know, for one thing, when I think about the lottery and, and I hear people say, have you ever heard somebody say, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. Have you heard what happens? There's always some Debbie Downer, right? Or Donnie Downer, who <laughs> who says well, haven't you haven't you ever seen the research why everyone that wins the lottery winds up uh killing themselves or or bloating to 400 pounds or what and apparently there is some research that says a lot of people that win big you know really big jackpots there's like a higher rate of divorce and a higher rate of maybe depression or other issues um but to say that that is automatically going to happen to you if you win the lottery i mean what kind of what kind of thinking is that that's like if you go outside on a sunny day you'll get skin cancer you know so for the record i will not if i win the lottery tomorrow night if i win the powerball tomorrow night i will not lose my mind i will not gain a ton of weight i've already done that not doing that again i promise that i will not uh have to be put in a rubber room or have a net thrown over me or anything like that um, but I, I, I actually think I could, uh, I think I could handle it, you know, um, my thoughts are, there's basically three things, family and everybody's just family and friends. Yes, of course. Um, second, I think for me, my sort of charitable cause thing would be Alzheimer's because I lost my dad to Alzheimer's and some other family as well. Um, So I would say my my foundation, when I'm a new billionaire, my foundation is going to be for Alzheimer's, dementia research. We're going to get a cure to that. And then I would go, if you know me at all, you know where this is going. Then I would go hog wild on classic cars. Like all those pictures I'm always putting up of classic cars, none of which I own, I would own them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't need a billion dollars to do that, but I'd be a lot more comfortable doing it with a billion dollars, you know what I mean? Uh, so anyway, 210-599-5555. We can talk about the uh, what you would do with the Powerball. We're talking restaurants on The Dish, Praise or Zing, your most recent restaurant experience, like Cynthia is going to do right now. Cynthia, happy Friday night.
2: Thank you, and the very same to you. Oh, thank and you. And I am actually here at the Popeye's it's in, um, in uh, Spring Branch off of Highway 46, and I just got my chicken, and I'm, evidently it had been under the heat lamp for too long a period of time. Uh-oh. And their, uh, their coleslaw is not really cold, and that is detrimental to the mayonnaise. And mm. I, I'm just, so I, I did what I'm supposed to do. I went right back. Through the mm-hmm. drive-through, and I I asked them to replace it, and they did, and they gave me the very same thing. Um, that's really disheartening. I don't. When know, you say they
1: gave you the really same thing, do you mean they gave you the exact same food, or just that the food they gave no, you had the same yeah. problems?
2: The the same problems. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they did not remedy anything. Yeah. And it's very mm. disheartening. Um, yeah. You, I don't always have a taste for pot pies, but today I did. Yeah. And it's just uh, and I'm very sorry because uh I cannot eat that the mayonnaise at that. No,
1: don't take any chances with that. Cold. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let me ask you, have you been have you been there before or is this your first time going there?
2: No, no, no. I've been here before several times and okay. uh but And it was good. And you would think that it being in the evening so so short after 5 o'clock that it would right. be fresh, but right. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened. Uh, I am, too. I really, I really care for Popeyes. You know, well, but else. you know what? Better
1: to better to not have something than to get sick from it, right?
2: Exactly. All right. Exactly. I'm sorry
1: that happened, Cynthia. So that's a zing for Popeyes in Spring Branch, uh, 20,292. Texas 46 as the chicken place. I tell you what, I don't know where they
7: say something, I don't know where y'all have been. damn, boy. <laughs>
1: That's our zing for tonight. He's our zinger. Um, yeah, so not too happy with the Popeyes. 210 599 5555. I won't do it right now, but since she mentioned the chicken place, I want to tell you about a chicken place, and I will, that I'm pretty excited about. I tried for the first time this week, and I'm looking forward to going back again. Um, but I want to hear from you. 210-599-5555, and Doug is on the dish on KTSA. Doug, happy Friday night to you.
7: Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you, thank you. You know, it's Friday, so uh, it's a Friday tradition now. In my household, go to Perry Steakhouse and Grill, you know, over there on La Quintera Parkway. And uh-huh. uh, the reason Fridays are different is because their pork chop special is on special on Fridays for $17. Man, oh. it's so good. Yeah, and, and it's not a pork chop. It's like the side of a house, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this thing is huge. My son took, took us there for my birthday, and mm. it's the first time I've ever been there. And this plate comes with the side of a house, and I said, I'm sorry, we ordered a pork chop. And this mm. is the pork chop. And it is wow. huge. And only on Fridays, $17 comes with all the fixings, everything. And not only that, but because it was my birthday, they gave me a free dessert, too. And I chose Bananas Foster. Man, that was so good. The Bananas Foster, uh, that was really good. Uh, the way Very they nice. did it and everything.
11: Very yeah, nice. yeah. So, You're living it up.
7: So you got to rip. Re- yeah, you got you got to remember that uh, you know the uh, uh, Perry's uh, pork chop. But I got to warn you about Bananas Foster; they use real rum, you know. And uh, but fortunately, my son was driving, so it was okay. Gotcha. But anyway, gotcha. yeah. But but yeah, it's great. You got to try that place. You know, I don't well, I, I have. That, but
1: I've already I've already had my birthday this year, so I'll have to wait till next year. But uh, but happy birthday, Doug.
7: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, All right, and, and I love you. Love your show. Well, it's thank really you, sir. Delicious. It's really delicious. Thank you. Thank you. That. Thank you.
1: <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. The show's delicious or the pork chop? I got confused there somewhere. Um, I have heard about that pork chop before. I, I remember somebody said it years ago that it was so big that it was like enough for two people. And uh, But he's talking about the perries at La Quintera. Uh, Praise for the pork chop and the Bananas Foster. There's our praise. So we have the praise. I don't think we set it up at the beginning. That was my mistake, Don. So the praise sound effect sounds like... Go ahead. There it is. Okay. And the zing sound effect is different every week, and this is what it sounds like tonight.
7: I tell you what, I don't know where as they say something. I don't know where you all been. i mm. damn, boy. Yeah.
1: 210-599-5555. We're also raking in the remaining votes on the... J.R. Poll, and we'll have those results coming up right before the end of this hour, we call The Dish. And Catherine is on The Dish on KTSA, and Catherine, happy Friday night to you.
11: Happy Friday night to you. It's Kathleen.
1: Kathleen, I'm sorry.
11: That's okay. Uh, my husband and I just left this fabulous restaurant called Frederick's Bistro. It's at the corner of Northwest Military and Hebner in a funky little strip mall i mean there's a dry cleaners right next door to it, it it's a french asian fusion and their food is incredible we've been there about four or five times and their service is excellent it's owned by the guy, a guy named frederick the food is just out of this world My husband, yeah what do you guy, like to uh
1: what do you like to get there what's your favorite thing you've had so far
11: well i'm working down the menu actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that
11: <laughs> yeah, uh, today I had the, um, what was it, the ribeye. the ribeye, and my husband had the seafood linguine, they have a pork assabuco, it's phenomenal, um, I've had the lamb, they're open for lunch and, and dinner, they've got a little bar mm-hmm. inside, and it's, this the service, everybody, we just love this place, it's so good.
1: Have you been to the, um, they have a location on Broadway, have you been to that one?
11: No, I, I didn't know that. We just moved to Chavano Park, and that's how we found it.
1: Oh, so very good.
11: The very yeah. good.
1: Yeah, and I don't I, know if – I know that the one in Alamo Heights is called Frederick's Restaurant, and the one you no, went to is called right. Frederick's Bistro, but they're, they're the same yeah. outfit. If you go to the website, we? they're, both, they're both on there. Oh. So they may be, there may be some overlap with the menus. Maybe they're slightly different or a little different. I don't know.
11: I don't know. Next time we go, I'll ask Frederick.
1: There you <laughs> go. he's
11: always there.
1: I'm sure he would know. So you're working your way down the menu, and you've liked everything so far. And is it, it, it let me ask you this, inside, big, small, kind of, what's the size like?
11: It, it's very, it's small. It's very intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, they've got linen. It, it's very nice. So the linen tablecloths, um, the glasses are, I mean, it's it's really nice inside.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Frederick's Bistro. Something you
11: wouldn't expect in a strip mall.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) the whole world is in strip malls now. You can expect anything in a strip mall. But thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Appreciate your call and great job uh, with praise for Frederick's Bistro, 14439 Northwest Military Highway. French Fusion, they call it. Um, 210-599-5555. I have been to the one um, on Broadway. I'm pretty sure they're related because the website, uh, for one, mentions the other. I just don't know how much overlap there is. Uh, We're going to get to more of your calls on The Dish coming up, and you can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. It doesn't have to be a new place. It could be a place that you've been going to for years, and you just want to let everybody know how great it is. I did mention I had a chicken restaurant to recommend to you. We were talking yesterday about sandwiches, and I brought it up yesterday briefly, but um, I finally tried a place I've been driving past for a while called Goldfeather. And it's on 410 at Blanco, you know that big center with the target and Alamo Draft House, and it's that huge sprawling site that used to be Central Park Mall. Well, over there in that um, complex, but very tucked into the corner of 410 and and uh, and Blanco. So you can kind of see it from Blanco Road. You really can't see it from 410. It's called Goldfeather. It's not very big. It's a very straightforward concept. It's fried chicken, every way you can have it. Tenders, sandwiches, spicy, not spicy, in a salad. Uh, served many different ways with some really cool side dishes. They've got beer and uh, and soft drinks and things like that. It, it's. I love the fact that they've just got this very straightforward, you know, this is what they're about. They're about fried chicken. It's very good. I'm kind of a... I don't know what you'd call it. I, I'm a fan of fried chicken done right. I don't like to eat it when it's super greasy or it has too much batter on it. But this is just really tasty and cooked well. People are nice. It's called Gold Feather. One other thing I didn't realize till I went there was when you're in the dining room, the the whole one whole wall of the dining room basically opens up to the outside. So like the night I was there, which I think was, I want to say it was Wednesday night. It was really mild, so they had all that opened up, so you were in the dining room, but you were open to the outside and they also had outside seating, just a great atmosphere, great experience, so gold feather, if you like fried chicken, and i don 't think it sits under any heat lamps for the lady to called. 636 on 550 and 1071 KTSA, late afternoon show on a Friday, It's the Dish. Our last hour, we talk about restaurants, your most recent experience with one, 210-599-5555. We'll also get the results on the JR poll question this half hour, and Eddie is on the Dish. Happy Friday, Eddie. Happy
12: Friday, brother. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, sir. How are you doing?
12: Good, good sir, good sir. I had a praise for, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm in Laredo, but the business that's in San Antonio, uh, it's coming from level Laredo. And it's, uh, if they're doing anything like they're doing it here, the the bread and all that stuff, uh, it, it should be just as delicious as it is here. Now I can't say anything for the service because I haven't been there. Uh, it's called Loncheria El Popo, and I think it's on San Pedro
1: yeah I, I looked at the uh when i saw your name on the screen i looked at the website it's in a um it's in this little um like uh food market called las americas um right so right. it's actually it's actually in the it's actually part of the that business or part of that store i guess so what's good there what do you recommend well all they sell is lunches
12: which uh and hamburgers. so they basically it's a small Sandwich with a special type of bread, uh, and they have several options. Uh, they have ternera, they have what they call wing, which is basically sliced hot dog uh, on there, and very simple lettuce, mustard, uh, uh, onions if you want it, extremely delicious. That, that restaurant has a history of about 50 years uh, in Nuevo Laredo. I, I remember growing up going there, uh, you know, so it, it, it's real famous uh, at least here, you know, Laredo and Northern and, uh, yeah. Laredo in
1: Mexico. Yeah, that's that. Now, how did you find out that they were putting one in at San Antonio?
12: Because I have, a, well, I mean, I go like at least once a week, to be honest oh, with you. Okay. And, and they had the pictures, yeah, of of where they opened up in San Antonio. So gotcha. that's how I found out. And yeah, I've been wanting to go. I haven't been in San Antonio for for a few months, but uh, if it's anything like here, I definitely recommend it. you'll love it. Uh, yeah. Make sure you get three or four sandwiches because they're a little small, uh, but definitely delicious. All the only side dish is jalapenos. That's all they give you.
1: All right, sixty-five fifty-seven San Pedro, sixty-five fifty-seven San Pedro. It's in the, it's in with the Las Americas Food Market. And Eddie says yeah. it's great there. It'll be great here. Eddie's good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Come up to San Antonio. Visit us sometime. on The Dish on KTSA. Um, It's interesting. uh, Getting a lot of of places tonight that we had not had calls on before. I think we've had calls on Perry's before, but not in a long time. Had not had a call on Frederick's Bistro. We'd had a call on Frederick's Restaurant. And now uh, this place called Luncheria El Popo. Um, And George is next on The Dish on KTSA. George, happy Friday night to you.
13: Hello there. Um, Hello, George. I I'm quite fond of a I'm quite fond of a farm to table restaurant in Austin called Salt
1: and Time. Salt and Time. Okay, tell me about it.
13: Yes, sir. It's a uh, sourcing local Texas meats butcher shop. Also have a great burger there.
1: And um, so it's uh, where in Austin is it? Seventh um, and Chicone. Okay. And you said it's – I'm sorry, go ahead. I just want to
13: say, and if I won the lottery, I would open a huge um, regenerative agriculture permaculture ranch, and at the front of it would be a a farm-to-table restaurant and also like a school to teach people permaculture design and give them permaculture design certificates as well as maybe some uh, holistic medicine –
1: well, kind of that sounds like a great that and, sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So you really this right? you really want to recreate what this place does. You'd like to have your own business.
13: Sure, as well as some other some other uh, places in the area that are yeah. helping to keep our communities resilient and healthy.
1: There you go. What is the best thing in in your opinion? What's the best thing they have at Salt and Time? What do you recommend the first time we go?
13: Mm, just get whatever you like. Because whatever you're getting there, you're supporting something local.
1: Okay. All right, George, thank you. You're going
13: to your local farmer's market in San Antonio and supporting local producers. Yes, sir. Beautiful.
1: I appreciate appreciate your call, George. Thank you. And you have a good weekend and a good night. Uh, Praise for an Austin restaurant uh, called Salt and Time, 1912 East 7th in Austin. And as you mentioned, it's a... uh, it, it this is what this is what it says on the website. I've never I've never heard this term before. Meat centric farm to market or farm to table, excuse me. Meat centric. I consider myself kind of meat centric. So uh, salt and thyme, nineteen twelve East Seventh. Two hundred ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five on the dish. Yes, of course. Austin and the Valley and Corpus, you can include those. New Braunfels, Bernie, yeah. Uh, You know, as long as you don't have to fly to it. You know, if you can drive to it, we can talk about it on The Dish. Uh, 210-599-5555 to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. And Megan is on KTSA. Happy Friday night, Megan.
14: Hi, happy Friday. I was calling about Rocker Dogs. Uh, They're located on the south side, down Roosevelt. Um, They sell hot dogs and... um, tater tots with cheese and he just started making hamburgers uh some of the best hamburgers i've ever had Wow! and i really don't so, like hot dogs until i went there and now oh, okay. i'm always going to get a hot dog
1: <laughs> so what's different about their hot dogs that you like them there
14: i don't he must buy them somewhere special but just the flavor of them and he puts to- all different toppings on them um during fiesta he did the chicken on the stick and they were selling out every day because it was so wow. good wow. he's a chef uh so i mean he he started with a little stand and now he has like a little it's a it's a dive you wouldn't even really know it was there uh, is
1: it one of those places that's just takeout i mean you you just get it and go
14: yeah pretty much i mean he has a couple of picnic tables outside but most people pick it up and right. go
1: yeah. So it looks like that it's thirty fourteen good. Roosevelt, is that right?
14: Yes, that sounds right.
1: <laughs> okay. And you said the hamburgers are good too, so you've had the hamburgers?
14: Yes, they have a mushroom Swiss uh hamburger that's really good.
1: Wow. That does sound that does sound good. So Rocker Dogs, Rocker Dogs with a Z. Uh, and it's thirty fourteen Roosevelt avenue megan says try the hot dogs and the hamburgers megan thanks for the call have a good weekend praise for rocker dogs on the dish there does seem to be now a lot more um like hot dog centric see how i did that uh places all of a sudden right like i don't know i'm kind of old school like you 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 didn't go out to eat for a hot dog I mean, unless you're, like, at the baseball game or something. But now there's restaurants that that's, like, their thing. You've got Wrigleyville Grill there and in, in Park North, and you've got the Dogfather, and you've got all these places that are doing, like, specialty hot dogs, which is great.
4: You think this very has uh, something to do with many of the transplants that are coming in from other, or you know, states,
1: cities from other states? Uh, I, I hadn't, hadn't thought of that. It's a very deep question, Don. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, It is a deep our, question. Do you think because, because, are you thinking because maybe hot dogs are more of a thing in other parts of the country? Well, I, I think because there are different variations of hot dogs. True, you, you've true. got the Chicago dog, which right. is dressed right. up quite differently than yeah. the traditional dog. I, yeah, I don't know. I think the Wrigleyville people actually are from Chicago, if I remember correctly. And I don't know, maybe the others are as well. Or maybe the others are, as you say, people that are bringing it in. I just, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. It's just it's amazing to me the variety. I mean, I thought when I moved here, I thought I thought we had great restaurants when I moved here. We are so much oh, we're we're just in such expansion mode with new places, different kinds of places, different concepts um and uh yeah, no, I want to try that. 210-599-5555 on the dish but never a hot dog with ketchup. Oh, you're are you uh all of a sudden, you're all religious about that, aren't you? Can't put, can't put ketchup on a hot <laughs> oh, dog? Just, just because you said that, I'm going to put ketchup just on my It's just got to be mustard. Hot no ketchup on a hot dog. I, who puts ketchup, put on ketchup on a hot, hot dog? dog? I've done that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Oh, oh, I see. Now why? Oh, I yeah. know, okay. Now, now you know why you don't do it, because I do it. That's Probably. right. All right. Um, I'll bet Brown puts ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy that would do that. All right, Brown, bail me out.
15: All right, this is it. This is the best Italian restaurant I've ever eaten at. It's called Papa Dante's, okay. and it's in Converse, Texas. And uh, they got a sandwich there called the Jerry Lewis, and it's like a sausage and a and a meatball kind of mixed together. And huh. I'm gonna tell you, man, the bread. I think they make it there themselves, but it's it's such a cool restaurant because there's so much nostalgia on the walls they got pictures of uh you know old movie uh, stars and you can get baseball cards and trade them there with them i mean it's just this pretty odd kind of eclectic restaurant it's and it's huge i mean from the outside you wouldn't expect it to be like like a big giant bingo hall that's how big it is
1: now how did you how did you discover this place because that's a little off your beaten path isn't it
15: I'm actually. I, I used to live over there, and I had a friend of mine that needed a ride back home, and he was like, "Hey, man, let's uh, let's try this place." And I was like, "You know what? And uh, it's kind of off the. It is off the beaten track. I, I would have never known it was there if he hadn't told me about it. You know, it's not something that even comes up when you search, you know, Italian restaurants in San Antonio because mm-hmm. it's in Carver's.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So best thing to get one one there. One. The best thing to order the first time I go would be what?
15: Uh, I would go with the meatball sandwich or the meatball sub. I, I was get to you yesterday because you were talking about the sandwiches, but I didn't want to waste a Friday call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. That was very nicely yeah. put. Yeah, He's like, I saved my call for Friday. I wanted it to count oh, more. You know I like that. You know I
15: mean... Now that I know you're you're keeping track of the restaurants, I'm like, okay, I got to eat someplace. Well, yeah, let
1: me tell you something about you, Brown. I don't know if I said this or not. I figured, I kind of figured out where you live based on the restaurants you've called in on because I'm driving down Nacogdoches and Parent Vital, and I'm like, all Uh, the places he calls about are all next to each other.
15: Right. I'm I'm, I'm lazy. I I could probably
1: find you if I needed to. (laughs)
15: Hey, just look for the yellow truck with the Tweety Bird on it. There
1: you go. There you go. All right. You have a good weekend, Brown. Thanks for calling. Always good to hear from you. And praise for Papa Dante Italian restaurant. It's 8607 FM 1976. So 8607 FM 1976. And Converse on the dish. Try the meatball sub. Look at the walls.
2: hello indivisibles i'm here to highlight something that is keeping me up at night
9: who's the one who fought for that who fought for schools it's tim ryan it's tim ryan
1: Mm. the answer to everything is it's tim ryan what's a seven word seven letter word for delicious it's tim ryan all right. Um, JR poll. Are you playing Powerball tomorrow night? $1.6 billion drawing. Don't spend it all at once. Are you playing Powerball? Was our question. 56% said no. 44% said yes. Danny said on Facebook, when I win, I'm buying KTSA. Listen to this, Don. When I win, I'm buying KTSA. First order of business is telling Dave Ramsey I'm debt-free, th- then removing him from the programming lineup. <laughs> Which, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, he's, already, oh. he's already got a list of people he's going to fire. He'll fit right in in radio. He, I, may, I lo- already be, he may already be a radio <laughs> executive. Sounds like, the, sounds like a radio kind of guy. I like already the, his I like the little punch in the gut where he says, I'm debt-free. Yeah. You're fired. Yeah, I'm debt free and you're fired. Yeah, now he 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 should he definitely should own a radio station. All right, um, <laughs> not not thinking of anyone in particular. Uh, let's see, do we have time for one more? We can get one more in here. Chris is on KTSa on the dish. Chris, you got a place in Hondo?
4: Yes, uh, it is the absolute best pizza and sandwich place. It's called Hondo Pizza. Uh, H-O-N and then dough, like pizza dough. Right. And uh, they have a brisket grilled cheese that is out of this world and a baked potato pizza that will blow your mind. They they even have gluten-free type stuff. It's amazing. I have had everything on their menu, and there's nothing I don't like.
1: Is it a big place, small place? What's it like?
4: It's a it's a small place. It's right off of uh, Avenue M and 18th Street in Hondo and it's it's uh right in the little historic area in Hondo. It's kind of it's kind of uh easy to miss, but it's it's hard to miss the Hondo Pizza sign.
1: Okay. Hondo Pizza Company, 1214 18th Street in Hondo and sandwiches oh. and pizza.
4: Yeah, and uh, the the owners of the pizza place are some of the nicest people you will ever meet and they are so fantastic when it comes to uh local businesses and just the local population and anybody that comes in they're fabulous wow
1: that sounds great gonna keep that in the back of my head next time i go to hondo thank you chris you have a good weekend sir and thank you for calling the dish and thank you to everybody who called the dish tonight appreciate all of that i want to mention before we go because we are in the midst of it but it's early and i know that you can't wrap your head around Christmas when we haven't even had Thanksgiving and Halloween, which was just a few days ago. But we are asking you to please consider helping us help these families with Family Service Association this year for our 2022 Wrapping with Jack. Right now, if you go to KTSA.com, all the details are there, the things that make the best gifts, easy things to buy and find anywhere, little things that will make a big difference in the lives of children and families and people that have been knocked down. You can help them get up again with something to unwrap on Christmas Day. So please consider helping us out for Wrapping with Jack. You'll get all the details on the Wrapping with Jack page at KTSA.com, and you can find this show on demand at KTSA.com. See you back here live Monday at 4.